Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This week's 80s teen pillow fight is brought to you by Sunglasses Kid, the master of 80s romance, just dropped another cherry bomb with Miranda Carey. The song is The Real Thing, and it's a slice of pure 80s pop pie. This is the second time Sunglasses Kid has made sweet music with Aussie pop princess Miranda Carey. And if you like this tune, you're in for a treat, because anyone who buys the track on Bandcamp gets a free extended 12-inch party mix, which is kind of like your favorite pizza topped with a generous serving of sizzling orchids and melted brass. Right now on Sunglasses Kid's SoundCloud, you can also grab the epic outrunning power pop song Darling Dreamer, which features alternative synth pop duo The Boy and Sister Alma. And you can also grab The Last Days of Sun, a free instrumental that will uplift you as we head toward those awesome autumn days. That's Sunglasses Kid and his new track, The Real Thing, with Miranda Carey. the show. My name is Andy Last. This is Beyond Synth. Uh, I'm going to cut this intro a little short because I have a cold, and even though it makes my voice sound a lot cooler than it normally is, it hurts to talk. So please follow Andy Last on Twitter. I'm at Andy Last. Please like the Beyond Synth Facebook page. That's Facebook slash Beyond Synth. You can also friend me on Facebook. I'm Andy Synth on there. Uh, please follow Beyond Synth on SoundCloud. And if you enjoyed the show, please uh, like the episode, give it a little heart, uh, share it, comment it, comment it, comment on it. That's always fun. I like that. The Beyond Synth theme song is by Ogre, all right? It's called Sure Thing off the album Calico Brawn. It's a great song. If you like it, go buy it. And uh, thanks for Dallas Campbell for helping me with the intro, as always. Uh, what else? And Hemantis, who does the write-ups of the episodes. I'm grateful for all of these people's assistance in making Beyond Synth possible. On the show today is Droid Bishop, who has a new album that just released a few days ago called Beyond the Blue. And uh, in this episode, we talk about that album at length. Droid's a cool guy. I like him. Uh, he's been on the show before, earlier this season. And uh, I thought it'd be cool to support the release of his album because I'm a big fan of his work. So, enjoy the show. Ah. 
talk for a sec? I just want to see. Uh... Yo. All right. Check. You want to just go right into it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Hey, man, I'm here with my pal, Droid Bishop. You hear that? I called you my pal. Ooh, we're friends. You're my uh, late night Facebook messenger hombre. I'm the recipient of a bunch of drunk Facebook messages. You're on the top list, man. I'm like, who's up right now? I bet that Canadian bastard's awake. <laughs> you like Die Hard, right, Andy? Yeah, well, you're, uh, you're three hours behind me, right? So I always have that advantage that even if... When I'm up really really late or early, depending on how you look at life. I always, who's on the East Coast? They're like, what European friends can I talk to in Hanoi right now? And uh, yeah, you're on that list, bud. <laughs> I'm glad I'm part of your European friends. I know, I'm not geographically. I know you're not European, okay? I went to school once. I just realized that what I just said to you makes no sense, because if I'm three hours ahead of you, that technically means that I should be in bed when it's late for you but you're awake when I'm up at like five, six, seven in the morning. That's correct. You are Droid Bishop. That's correct. And you have a new album coming out. That is correct. We're going to talk all about it today. That's that's the whole premise of today's show. Well, I'm happy to be here with you, Andy. I'm happy to have you here, James. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Yeah, man. It's been a while. I don't know when the last time I talked to you was. When was that? Probably that uh, that interview. You know, when you had the questions coming in, the fan the fan questions. Andrew Halsinth. I wonder how he's, how our buddy's doing with his music. Oh, yeah. Do you, do you remember your interviews? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember your show, Beyond Synth? Well, you know, because right now I'm in the thick of editing and uh, putting new shows together. I hear that. Am I dodging the question? Yes. Oh, it's fine. I've moved on in my mind. What's going on in your life, man? What's going on in the L.A.? As of right now, um, when's this going to come out? In September? Something like that? If I'm good at my job, this should air in conjunction with the album. Maybe like a week different, like forward or backward. Well, we're going to have to clear that with the big wigs upstairs. <laughs> The big wigs. Uh, 80s ladies records. 80s ladies can kiss my ass. I mean that like real 80s ladies can kiss my oh, ass. Oh, yeah. The record label, no, I do not want to offend that guy. Who runs 80s ladies records? John Littlefield. I know him. It's all coming full circle. My two boys, they hit me up last summer. Look where we are now, guys. I, I got hit up by a couple other labels, and which was flattering and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but John courted me very romantically with his ideas. And uh, I accepted graciously, and uh, he's been doing great things and very supportive, and I uh, hope to uh, continue working with him. Yeah, it was John who uh, was always asking me to have you on the show, but unbeknownst to him, secretly, I had already asked you a long, long time ago, because he was like, oh, you know, you should have a Droid Bishop on there. I'm like, maybe I will. Meanwhile, Droid Bishop was one of the first people I actually asked when I was putting the show together. Yeah, I remember that. I remember... Uh getting that email from you last summer. I want this whole show to just be reminiscing about past anecdotes. Yeah, it's living in the past, always. The future, <laughs> the future is dead. This is the whole premise of this scene, right? It's all about the nostalgia. I want to be nostalgic for my first Droid Bishop uh, interview, episode 16. Well, I've got my uh, 1986 uh, Metallica shirt on, cut off sleeves right now, so I'm right there, back in the, back in the heyday. <laughs> How's your hyperactive child going? He's good. Yeah? He's playing PlayStation now as we speak. That will keep him team. The other day I was recording an interview with um, John Gray Vogel, who goes by the name Vector Sector, and uh, my son was getting a little impatient, and even though I had myself closed off in my studio, there were still some cables hanging out at the bottom of the doorframe, and he, like, 
unplug my laptop. Oh, man. Did you get a nice whipping after? <laughs> a nice Canadian whipping? Yeah, man. If there's anything that makes you feel like a big man, it's... Uh, hitting a small beating, child. Yeah, beating a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. That's how I get my kicks. It's the one thing I'll never understand, man, is people who, like, attack kids. It's like they're kids. Like, it just seems so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, were you like, were you spanked as a child, Andrew? Can admit it. It's a safe place. No, like maybe like once. It was never like a big part of my discipline. Uh, it was a huge part of mine. Back when I lived in Australia, they 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 still had the cane at school. Oh no! Super antiquated notion, but uh, yeah, I got that the first day of kindergarten. Oh no! That was my uh, entry into higher knowledge. Yeah, I got. <laughs> <and education>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. Uh... I got kicked out a lot. Like, I was a bad... St- but No, I wasn't a bad student. Like, I got good grades. Yeah. But I laughed a lot. I can imagine that little, like, even higher-pitched laugh. Little <laughs> little Andy. If it's hard for people to believe, I laughed a lot in school. I was kicked out constantly. Uh, I had one teacher in grade 8, my history teacher, who kicked me out every day. Like, every day. Just for bringing joy to other people? Yeah, for about 10 to 15 minutes every day I'd be in the hallway in history class. But we had, like, this funny relationship where after a while it just became, like, kind of a joke. Yeah. I would do the littlest thing and he'd be like, Andy, get out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, all right. And, like, we'd, like, laugh about it. It was awesome. There's a difference between that kind of just being a bit disruptive and then total troublemaking and, you know... I was a bit of both. I was a laugher and, you know, distracting. But then other times it was very warranted for my uh, my punishments. Yeah, I was never really a vandal. I always liked um, what I called creative vandalism. Yeah. In my old public school, there used to be a sign out front, which was basically on like the main street of this little town. And uh, we figured out that we could just change the letters in the sign because, you know, those signs where they just put the letters up. Yeah. But I never did anything super offensive. One time they had this event happening and it was called Breath of Scotland Highland Dancing. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Anyway, I changed it to Breasts of Scotland. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought it was pretty clever. You know, it's it's tasteful. Yeah. We had a good laugh. You know, there was no vulgar language. I think... uh, a later one, we changed Vegas heat show to penis heat show. Yeah. And, you know, because it's just words. It's like, even if we got caught, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just like those sorts of silly things to do where it's like nothing was actually stolen. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, if someone's offended because they saw the word penis, like it's kind of more their problem than mine. Totally. There's a fine line with, you know, harmless mischief. And then when you're actually putting someone else out by stealing something or defacing personal property, whatever. Switching on some letters, it's good fun, yeah. you know, good fun. <laughs> but no, I never got beat in school, but we did have this really evil kindergarten teacher who was from the old school. Yeah. I think she was one of those teachers that probably like got really upset when she was told she could no longer kick the shit out of the kids. Yeah. And she was our kindergarten teacher. Like I always found that so bizarre, like the angriest lady in the the place, this yeah. is this old crabby Oh, I hated her so much. She um, she was the kindergarten teacher of all people. Like at that moment where you just want a nice kind of nurturing, warm yeah. kind of figure. Like, um, so we're going to give you a couple, you know, class of fragile young children and uh, you're going to shape their minds with your negativity. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Vanderbilt. What was, what was her what was her name? I imagine like a really long no, no, German esque name. No, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Gundenschlag. No, she was yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ms. Hitler. <laughs> no, her name was um it was a one syllable word. I don't want to uh It's cool. I understand. Just in case uh, someone's listening who liked her. Like it would have to be a family member. Yeah. Is it, <laughs> it wouldn't right. be anyone who had her as a teacher. It's like waterboarding kindergartners. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had some rough times you know i've not always been the nicest person to people but 
I've changed a lot and I am who I am for that. And I try to be the best Bowen I can be every day of my life. It's good to, uh, to take the past and then move beyond into the new. Always push forth, my friend. Speaking of which, let's, <laughs> I did that as a terrible segue to talk about your song, Beyond the Blue. Yeah. Well, I got that beyond from your show. Thank you. I, I liked that word. That song, that's probably one of the oldest songs that I I have for this record. That was one of the first ones I came up with in the first batch around uh, last October. And it, and it kind of stuck around and it went through many alterations and changes. And I think I even sent you something a week ago and I and then I already just changed a bunch of stuff up this week and sent you a new version it was originally called Beyond the Blue Planet, and that was always going to be the name of the album. But I just thought, cut out a word, Beyond the Blue, do the math, you see the cover. You know, even if you don't, maybe you'll, you'll think of your own blue substance that can shape the song for you. Like that meth that uh, Heisenberg cooked. Exactly. Beyond the Blue, man. Beyond Heisenberg. Did you start working on all of the tracks for this album after the last EP or are some of these tracks that have just been like floating around for a while? I started right after. It was funny because that EP process was, you know, it's always hard to create things and you're wrapped up in for months at a time. And, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to like take a break and not make music for a bit and just chill out. And then I got hit up by, you know, a label that I was interested in signing with and they're like, well, do you want to put out an LP? And I was like, all right. And so I pretty much started immediately after that process. But there is one song on there. It's called uh, In Your Love. The music part 
I actually had that ready for my first EP, Electric Love, uh, and it just didn't work out. So I'm glad I kind of saved it and uh, sorted it out, hopefully. What's the weather like in LA? Gorgeous day, man. Beautiful day. Sun shining as usual. I think it rains like twice a year here. I used to sleep during those days. So yeah, I've got my uh, 7-Eleven Chillers iced coffee getting me getting me going for you. You've got sort of the opposite problem. I, I recently spoke to uh, a fellow by the name of John Rooney, who uh, uh, his synth act is called Hower, and he lives in Ireland. I was uh, speaking with him about uh, the weather over there, and it's uh, kind of the opposite. It's always raining. Shite over there, man. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah they say that. Yeah, the UK is... Uh... I mean, I love, I love it, and but it's for my mental position. Sometimes it's very depressing for me over there. That's what I was talking to Howard about because I personally like rainy days, and I always have because all of my hobbies are inside. Yeah. On a sunny day, you feel compelled to be outside, and almost guilty if you're not. And I would always feel guilty because I'm like, well, I should be outside, but I want to play video games or, you know, edit movie or, you know, do whatever the hell I do. And uh, I feel uh, like I've been given permission by the universe if it's a rainy day. It's okay to be inside today. I mean, I totally get that. Uh, I mean, not like I need an excuse to just be in my bed all day, but it definitely is like, yeah, I'm sure other people are in their bed today. So it's cool. Well, you feel more like a bum. You just feel like a fucking bum when it's like a sunny day and you're like waking up late. I mean, I'm sure you feel like that all the time. That's my life, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that is my life, brother. <laughs> but, you know, I'm the same. It's not like I'm I'm, I'm going to go to the beach today and play some volleyball. Like, you know, I don't really do those things, but I love, I just like it when it's sunnier. You seem like the kind of guy that does those things. You know, I used to like skateboard a lot and do things like that, but uh, the older I get, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I just want to make music and drink beer with my friends and watch Die Hard 20 times a year. And uh, <laughs> as long as it's the sun is outside and I know it's out there, my heart is just a little brighter. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it does make me feel good. I've always told people, like, I mean, I like being inside and I like rainy days, but there is, you know, I like obviously being outside on a nice sunny day. You get that vitamin D, you get that energy from the sun. We're all like Superman. Yeah. I mean, you get, I, I definitely go through my periods where I, I don't see the sun for multiple days and you, you definitely kind of feel that lunar pull in your soul a bit you just need the balance you know so i feel bad for those uh, nordic people that like have like you know no sun for five months or whatever the thing about those people is like uh they've got a lot of very pretty women that's true but why are they so blonde there where's this you know that's the sun come on you know? shouldn't <laughs> they all just be like dark-haired bjork-esque women <laughs> like i don't know bjork-esque yeah but they do have some good-looking chicks in those scandinavian parts yes they certainly do cool language too i think yeah. <laughs> i meant that like sincerely uh, moving on no i'd like to continue this well i meant what i said <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to some other countries in their languages i won't mention out of respect but some of them are just like not attractive right. to listen to you know i can't imagine making sweet love to a, the woman that's just like yelling at my face with these like sharp tones yeah, if, if i were to paraphrase james bowen is talking about germany and china i didn't say that <laughs> i'll facebook message you yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> i'll give you a hint it's yeah. china <laughs> I'm talking about China. <laughs> 
Tell me about the track Human. That track kind of symbolizes the whole record and process for me. You know, there's a lot of like different changes in there. It's not really like a standard formula of like a synth wave track that, you know, has a hook and then it drops out and the hook comes back. You know, there's three different main sections. I don't know if I intentionally did it that way, but it just kind of symbolizes how this process was for me. Many ups and many downs emotionally and creatively and all that stuff. And I named it Human just because we're human and it's not always easy to do what we're doing but you just got to keep going and rock it really hard as you're doing it i like that sentiment and then when it's like where it starts with like the sort of this sincere thing that changes and then you gotta rock it you know it's just like the song in life like i'll bring you down for a sec but i'll bring you right back up kind of put more strings and orchestration stuff in this LP. I'd like to score movies at some point and I just kind of wanted to start doing it in some fashion so maybe someone down the line will hear my potential in doing that. So I kind of viewed at least that track as a little bit of like a soundtrack vibe. Remember what uh, Giorgio Moroder did with uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis? Yeah. And, and gather together another soundtrack so you can take your favorite film Die Hard? Yeah, but that's Dude, Michael Kamen, the composer, he just nailed that, dude. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> it's a terrible idea anyways. Do you want to talk about Die Hard? You know I've always got time for Die Hard, Andy. Come on. I like uh, that fucking the cokehead guy. Ellis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hans. Booby. Booby, yeah. <laughs> It's what I can give you. I love how he's doing blow, like, right as John McClane's coming in. He's <laughs> wiping it off his nose. 
think you missed a spot. You know what's funny? The, the older I got, and I'm dead serious, I watched this like five times a year. The last couple of years when I was watching it, I always loved how the sunset was setting and then like it changed to the day. For some reason, I never noticed this, but it's a blatantly obvious backdrop. Like the clouds are not moving at all right. when the sun's out and, you know, probably a hundred dollar backdrop for this movie that's epic. Die Hard, man, is, uh, is fucking fantastic. I mean, I actually had a song. I'll probably just release it as a B-side or something. It was called uh, Nakatomi Showdown. It was cool. It was kind of like soundtracky, you know, violins pulsing and things like that. And I don't know, it just didn't flow at this point with the rest of the stuff. But hopefully I'll, I'll put that out as like a free track or something at some point to show my love of Die Hard. My favorite thing that I always laugh at is, you know, like right at the start when the bad guys, uh, you know, sneak into the bottom of Nakatomi. Yeah. The one dude, he like throws a flashbang. Yeah. And there's that one guard who looks kind of like he's smiling before the squib goes off because the camera pans over to him and he's just sort of like standing still like a statue with like this grin on his face and then the fucking squib goes off. I love that part. There are little things in that movie like that, but it's just too good. You just... Just got to let it roll. As far as the effects go, you know, the sequence where where Hans falls off at the end in slow motion. Dude, that holds up, man. It really does. Like, I don't know if that shot is actually like green screened or if he's on cables or something. I read somewhere that I can't remember exactly the detail. Like he was dropped. I don't, it would definitely, I don't know if it was that high. He was dropped and the look on his face is real because John McTiernan or whoever told him, all right, I'm going to count to three. And then he just dropped him on one or something. He wasn't expecting that. So that look of terror is genuine. Unless they just did some very clever camera work with like the angle because it looks great. I think that's what they did. There's so many other scenes in that, that just things just look better when you blow shit up for real. Yeah, yeah. You know, CGI is a cool tool, but uh, it looks too glossy. And there's some things in that movie, maybe some younger people would be like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But you know what? I've seen some movies from that day that I love, but don't hold up necessarily effects wise. You could put that out today and it would be a fucking hit. Like, I guarantee it. It is probably the... I mean, it's my favorite action film. It's the best action movie ever made. Mr. Takagi did not see it this way, and he will not be joining us for the rest of his life. The other day when I watched it, that line affected me more than than it had before. I don't know. I was on, like, a weird level, and I was like, oh, man, he just he got his head blown off. And then when they're dragging Ellis out from the room, and it just kind of, like, I don't know, it looked real to me. And I was just imagining, like, what if that was my friend just, like, being pulled out of that room like oh man yeah but i don't think ellis had any true friends i know but there's the sentiment (laughs) you mentioned it earlier but let's talk about it now tell me a bit more about the track in your love that was an old the idea was there for the music at least i had the chords and the beat and for my first ep electric love it just didn't pan out at the time and then i kind of revisited it i was like looking for one more song maybe to have vocals on and i found that one and just kind of came up with some vocal ideas and hadn't really done too much vocal stuff in lots of years but i was feeling up to the challenge and kind of found a nice balance where my voice can sit i used to try to do big like james hetfield rock voice and it just it didn't my voice is not suit that mm-hmm. but my falsetto is okay so i always kind of blend that over the, the low notes and you know what some people won't like my voice but you know i don't really care because some <laughs> other people will like it and i don't think i butchered it to be honest but uh you know it's just taste and i know some people like instrumental 
music only in the scene, but um, you know, get over it, enjoy it, or, <laughs> or, or change the go to the next track. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of vocal tracks personally. You know what? No, I'm gonna take. What? Okay, we're taking a little break from the interview here. Okay. Because I did not have a chance to listen to what you sent me. Well, can I go have a smoke? <laughs> I was just going to listen to the one we talked about because I didn't I didn't know that uh, you put vocals on it. I'd like to have an opinion. Or like you come back and we just don't talk about it. Yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah, um, um, next track. Because, I mean, I did listen to some of those other tracks, although my, my questions are very basically... Uh, no, for sure. I sent them to you last minute, not thinking that you might have a chance, but if you did, because, you know, some of the parts have changed and the mixes sound fatter and things like that you might get off on it a bit more do you want to have a smoke if you want to listen i I don't i'd like to have a smoke okay go have a smoke i'm going bye i'll see you Hey, buddy. What's up? I liked it. Yeah? I like it, man. That's cool. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. I'm so used to talking to you like this with your Christian Slater voice, so it's interesting to hear the way you actually sing, but you've got a good voice. I really like the melody of, of what you were doing. Thanks, man. I should tell the listener, just to be honest, I literally just listened to the track a second ago. Yeah, it's my <laughs> just... biggest fan right here. <laughs> I send him tracks no one's ever heard. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, listen to that one. <laughs> anyway, no, I no, I really liked it, man. In your love. I thought it was good. Thanks, man. It was a bit um, putting yourself out there when you when you sing and open up your heart. I like my music to have like a badass vibe to it. You know, it was a bit hard to just kind of be honest and 
do that stuff and wondered if people would like it and but you know whatever it's art and you got to go for it yeah i know you definitely like put your soul on the line if you uh Def- yeah singing definitely. it really feels that way when when you sing i was going through an emotional time when i made that one so, uh, <laughs> yeah. i'm impressed whenever people do it it is a form that feels more kind of honest and open in some in certain ways like when you sing like you are really being vulnerable some people make it a cakewalk when they have really awesome voices you know what i mean like, yeah uh, uh, I, I always reference Adam McNabb from Look A Set because he's got this fucking great voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. He's got a cool voice. I like him. And I know I don't have the balls to do that. You know, whenever I make things, I always make sure it's a joke. So yeah, at least I, I can hide behind like, uh, you know. <laughs> I know, I know your shame. I know your shame. <laughs> I was actually going to have a friend sing on it because he has a he has a great voice, like undeniable great voice but it was just kind of a time thing i was trying to get things done and i guess i wanted to do it but i wasn't going to do it if i didn't personally think it made the song i didn't want to ruin the song or, or just kill it for people listening but uh i thought it was good and i sent it to john to see what he thought and he and he was like yeah man and you should sing more and i don't know maybe i will i'd still like to have other people guest vocal on things and but it was fun and i, ho- I hope people enjoy it and like I said, if they don't, you know, there's plenty of other tracks that you can get off on. Well, I mean, you and I spoke about this before. You know, obviously, it's weird when you are adding vocals to a track that doesn't need them. Yeah. Or isn't, you know, like formatted to be one. But it's it's definitely like it was a good song. I liked it. And I also liked how it has the it's got the droid bishop sound, but it's sort of like slowed down a bit. Yeah. And it's like the pace was like a little slower to uh, to accommodate the vocals. But uh, no, it's a cool track. Thanks. I appreciate that, man. You've seen into my soul. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do, man. So tell me, dude, what is your favorite dessert? I'm not really a dessert guy. I don't know. I'm more of a, you know, giant bag of potato chips kind of guy. I know I just uh, responded with derision with my pfft, but the thing is, I'm not really a dessert guy either. But when it comes to candy, if you get all the food groups together, all of the snacking food groups together, then you don't ever have to stop. Do you understand? What do you mean? Well, if you have chips and you also have like a bowl of gummy bears, okay. a fucking chocolate bar, and a All can right. of pop, yeah. you don't ever have to stop eating the junk because you get your salty with the chip and then you like eat some gummy bears or whatever or some like candy candy and then, uh, you know, eat some more salty, have some chocolate, and then you can literally just keep that cycle going without ever having to stop eating. Yeah, I think that's called um, diabetes. No, it leads to diabetes. That What you just said is like big American dream right there. Yeah, man, Scarface was wrong about the American dream because the true one is the uh, getting together the, the four major food groups of snacking. That's your salty, your sweet, your chocolate. You know what's great is uh, sugar donuts, you know, like the powdered donuts. Yeah. Do you ever get those like with like the white kind of sugary frosting? You know, I do like a tasty baked good once in a while. I do have an affinity for some red velvet. I'll admit that. And uh, some standard chocolate ice cream is always good on a hot sunny day. But yeah, I'd rather just have a fucking pizza, to be honest. A beer and a slice of pie of pizza pie. I've uh, I've given up on pop for a little while. That's soda for all you non-Canadians out there. See, that's the thing about the the snacking food groups is when you have like a cold Coke, and I stress it should be a Coke. Yeah, Pepsi, no go Pepsi. The Coke has this fucking fizz. You just ate all those chips. The can. I was just about to say that, especially when it's just from the freshly fucking opened can, just a uh, and then just yeah. the, that first drink is just like, ah, I feel like those bubbles are just fucking cleansing my soul. True happiness right there. Ah. 
Yeah, man. Coke is fucking awesome. But uh, I I started to get like tired. Like I would drink a Coke and the sugar would like override the caffeine. And instead of getting an energy boost, every time I was like, if I had like Coke with a meal, I would immediately have to like take a nap. Yeah. And I started to go like, oh, maybe my body doesn't like a fucking can of sugar anymore. It's a little depressing, but. It happens. I mean, you know, too much sugar, but just breaks breaks it all down and you definitely crash after just like crashing it oh, i was trying to come up with another damn segue tell me about t- <laughs> i was gonna lead crashing into talking about your track in my delorean and i, I was knew that's say- what i knew that's what you <laughs> man james the fucking facade is falling apart and everyone is gonna know how terrible i am at my job <laughs> you can try that one again Tell me about your track in my DeLorean. You like DeLorean cars? Is that something you like? Yeah, like is an understatement. turns their attention when they see that car and you know it's everyone kind of gets off on that one of my dreams is to get one and you know the first 20 grand i can blow on something like that it's gonna happen well you, you know the old saying you can't fuck a car james bowen well that's true but that's why you know there'll be a lady in the passenger seat hopefully <laughs> better be or a guy no you know, i don't know i haven't decided yet <laughs> This isn't that kind of show, man. Yeah, whatever. I know what you think about late at night, Angie. Yeah, having sex with dudes and DeLoreans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so tell me more about the, the song. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, back to the real issue here. Well, you know, I just was working on that tune and just imagining driving in my, in my DeLorean and just cruising and living the dream, man, because, you know, it sounds goofy and some people always 
goof on me for that and why would you want to buy a car that you're gonna have to take in to be serviced all the time and it's like bro stop killing my dreams you know when i get that delorean man which i will it will symbolize dreams man and they can come true if you just never let go (laughs) i'm dead serious about that one so i just kind of you envision things and think positively and they can come true so i just i didn't say like in someone else's delorean you know it's in my my delorean that i'm gonna get and uh, I'll, I'll drive up to Canada and I'll pick you up and we will go get some pizza and pop and laugh and cry and hold each other. <laughs> it's like that book, The Secret. Exactly. You're going to make all of these song titles, uh, things uh, that you want to come true. And so they'll come true through your music. Yeah. You get a song like, uh, well, I think this is a deleted track from your album, but uh, Sitting on My Big Fat Stack of Cash. Yeah. And, that's uh, a bonus track. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sentimental, that one. But yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, just like beyond the blue. Like I've told you before, I want to go into space and, you know, in your love or whatever. You, you kind of, I don't know. You just kind of make your own reality and positive thinking. By no means am I like this mystical hippie kind of guy, but I do think there's an energy in, in the universe and I, we're all connected in some way. And, and dude, neg- I can I can get very negative and uh, totally discount anything I just said. But I always know like that doesn't work, and you're just gonna wallow in your negativity and hope that someone in the universe is listening to your thoughts and like petting you on the back. So, and it's like, dude, just get over it and make shit happen. Write your shit down, put it on the wall, look at it, envision it, go for it. Because um, you know, I saw this thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw that quick little Jim Carrey thing that people are posting. He just said something like a lot of people do what they don't want to do in life and they fail at it. Um, You know, like you get fired from a job that you didn't even really want to do in the first place. So why would you be afraid to fail at what you really want to do? And uh, it's not always easy to to do that and follow your dreams and all that. But, dude, honestly shit can happen and you might as well go for it. I completely agree with what you're saying. And um, I feel like with with doing this show, it's, it was like a weird sort of chance thing to do. Like when I started now it. you're I a just, star. No, no. But what it what has led me is like a lot of really nice uh, friendships and stuff. Like Totally. And the whole scene has, has, has made me happy just that it exists. But going out there at first and putting myself out there in, in weird ways, like going like, hey, you know, trying to talk to strangers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and do interviews. It's a weird thing, but- I'm very happy that I did. Totally. Uh, and I get to meet uh, meet cool people, very like, like-minded like people. So yeah. this message is brought to you by followyourdreams.com.org. Yeah. <laughs> .edu. It's just educational <laughs> lessons on life. and It's just yeah. going to lead you to a website that's just selling boner pills. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what <laughs> you type in. I mean, it's true, though. You just you just got to put yourself out there if you really want something. Most people, you know, their hearts are filled with like so much desire for something and they're just they believe they're not good enough or they're not worth it or it's too hard. And fuck that, man. Seriously. Yeah. And fuck them. Yeah. For being lame. Come on. <laughs> put your britches on and get out there and make it happen. That's such an awesome. Thing. Yeah. And fuck them for being lame. <laughs> Fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, We are, so, you know, we are all connected and uh, no more so than the people who are, you know, in our families. Now, speaking of which, you recently did a song with your brothers. Man, these segues are out of this world, man. Your references are tight. (laughs) Ah. 
Okay, I'm having fun now. The en <laughs> the energy of this show is just gonna go from like fucking dopey to just. Watch out, Fox News Corp. Andy Last is coming for you. Tell me about the tra. <laughs> Tell me about uh, well, it's like a Joker laugh. You're good at those. Jeez, I wonder if I can do that again on purpose. I'm not gonna try. Tell me about <laughs> the song uh, "Out of My Mind," which is another vocal track featuring your very talented brother. Sam Sparrow. Yeah. Well, I used to play in my brother's band and tour with him and record on his records. And that was one of the best times in my life as a musician. So I always kind of wanted to work with him on something that was from me and, you know, vice versa. You know, we talked about it. I asked him if he wanted to sing on one of my tracks months ago. And uh, I just got really overwhelmed with all the tracks and I just got overwhelmed thinking about the process of collaborating with him and is it going to work? Are we going to agree? Are we going to fight? And he hit me up a little while ago just as I was kind of wrapping up the album and it was going to be all instrumental at that point. And he's like, do you still want that vocal? And I was like, yeah, if you want to do it. And I had that track kind of made up for him in the early stages for him. Like I made that track with him in mind and uh, I sent him the track and he sent me back the initial idea pretty instantly and and i liked what he did so that was that was good because i wasn't ready to uh be you know get into it with him and uh be like this is shit bro can you send me another uh because yeah. <laughs> we're brothers and we love each other but you know i definitely have fought with him more intensely than most people on this planet physically you know mentally all that stuff so. well how, how close are you guys in age uh he's three years older than me yeah, that makes sense. That three years can be weird in certain parts of your growth. Yeah, like the the whole age gap thing, you know, evens out over time. But three is still, three is okay. Like I have an older brother, but we're six years different. Yeah, that gets a little like, yeah. So it means basically that we didn't really, um, I never was in high school when he was in high school kind of thing. You never tossed the pigskin around with him? No, no, we're not that kind of family. Yeah, I know <laughs> you're salad eaters. No, we're, we're all a family of artists. There was no tossing around balls. <laughs> yeah, no, I've... <laughs> <laughs> I'll let that one go. <laughs> but yeah, back to that track. I think it it came out well and I like it. It was a bit stressful just trying to make it as good as I could because his performance was stellar on it and I and I wanted him to be happy with it. I didn't want I didn't want him to feel like he didn't want to support it if it came out and, you know, be ashamed of it or and uh, you know, that was the first time I had to worry about that with the collaboration because usually I just put out what I want and, mm -hmm. and uh, fuck it if no one likes it. But uh, it was cool, and I and I, you know, he's got some fans, so uh, hopefully they come my way, and I I appreciate him doing that for me.
So that would that would be like the the track that you sort of stressed out on the most. Definitely, definitely. You know, and it's never going to be perfect in a way, but you just get it out there. Well, that's cool, man. When you uh, order a pizza pie, what uh, what do you what do you put on it? Speaking of pizza, when it comes to pizza, I'm not like a meat lovers guy. Like I don't want like seven types of meat on my pizza. It's kind of gross to me. It depends on the mood. I like a classic, real Italian, like margarita style, and I prefer salami over pepperoni. I'll say that. Interesting. You know, you always got to have some veggies on there, bro. It depends on my mood, to be honest. You know, sometimes I like a white pizza, just a little bit of olive oil as the base. I'm getting really <laughs> hungry thinking about this right now. <laughs> you became mouth, very just, emotional mouth, there. Just, right. just watered a bit. I know what I'm doing after this interview. Yeah. James has just gone beyond the blue. I actually make my own pizza a lot. Ooh. It's one of my uh, favorite things to do in life. You're going to use this show as a means of picking up women so that when they like hear yeah. the show, you can be like, hey man, I do cooking. Yeah. I just hang out all day and pamper my lady and make and olive oil serenade her in the corner with my, with my loot. And if she doesn't like that, Sam Sparrow shows up and then he'll sing. And it's great because, you know, he, there's no there's no competition with my brother because uh, he's not on my team, well, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> there shouldn't be any competition with your brother anyways because that would be no, weird. Yeah. It's just that, like, that, yeah, me and him weird. are trying to pick up the same chick. Yeah. Come on, bro. That's going to turn out <laughs> great for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the brother who loses. All right. We're going to a dark place, Andy. Let's move out of here. Has that happened in your past? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's fine. <laughs> your brother stole the girl just I'm stable. I'm stable. Uh. <laughs> well, we've just, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we've pretty much, uh, <laughs> yeah, like we, we've almost uh, gone through the whole, <laughs> fuck, I can't even do it. Tell me about the song uh, Through the Universe. Through the Universe. Um, I like that track. That was kind of the fir- what was going to be the first kind of single or whatever I pushed out before I got the vocal tracks going. So I'll probably put that out as like a third single if, if need be.
I like that one. I, I was kind of trying to channel my In Search of Gemini vibe a bit. To, I always kind of like when bands kind of have two records in their early stages where you can kind of like, you know, there's certain songs on the next record that kind of mirror things from the, the last one, if that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of different things on this new LP that might be strange to my listeners. You know, I do what I want to do and I always be honest about that, but I also want people to enjoy it and I don't want to alienate anyone too much. You know, I didn't want to drastically change my style that much, but um, so I tried to channel that a bit and I feel like it's just kind of more a fresh approach to that vibe. And yeah, I got to say though, uh, the, the bridge part, the little breakdown in the bridge before it kind of picks up again was inspired by uh, something I heard from a Dallas Campbell on his one of his releases back last year. He had some kind of spacey kind of breakdowns with bass frequency modulations, and I just kind of I want to do that. So uh, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. Dallas. You're my boy. <laughs> He's also one of my uh, late night uh, Dallas. You wink. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, no, Dallas is cool. Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. He's gonna be on the show soon. I, I had this great week of scheduled interviews. And I blew it. I no, know. I, I blew that one. That fucking was so frustrating. Basically I um I went away and I wasn't in the city and so I brought all my equipment so I could uh, record because I was gonna be in the peace and quiet and it was gonna be great. And I forgot my fucking mic stand that's got the XLR cable built into the the stand. Yeah. Even had I brought a spare XLR cable, I could have still sort of jerry-rigged something. But uh, no, it wasn't to be. So Andy never settles for less, you know? He always, he's just got to go for it. I had an idea. I was like, maybe I can use, you know, a different mic or whatever. The and internal just, computer microphone. Yeah, that would have been just just these episodes that just sound fucking terrible. <laughs> We're going for that kind of lo-fi interview vibe, so it's fine. That's the deal, man. It's retro, so it can sound shitty. I love that. That's that's why I got into the scene. I can, do, <laughs> I can make shitty music too, guys. <laughs> I want to just put that on a poster with your picture. Please. Would just assert, assert my head in a circle of like just sun sunbeams coming out? Yeah, just with you smiling. I can make shitty music too, guys. Yeah, synth wave <laughs> just underneath. <laughs> I do have shirts coming out, by the way. John at 80s Ladies, he knows that I'm. this is not just a hobby for me. Like we talked about, I know some guys have jobs and they come home and they work on tracks. It's like, dude, this whole record, this whole last couple months process, I've just been doing this mm -hmm. i had enough money from gigging and things like that to take a bit of time off and just do that so john knows that i'm trying to push and do it as far as i can go and play live and tour and do all that so yeah we're doing some merch i think we might do two designs like a black and a white shirt they'll probably be out by the time this is posted yeah so uh get those and i'm sure i'll have some stickers we got some ideas going, but I just want to, I, I love, I love shirts. I love like band shirts and uh, they're going to be soft cotton guys. So that's uh, you know, vintage style, soft cotton, always a plus. <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully some posters, maybe of like the album cover. That'd be like sick, you know, giant poster in your room. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So good things with that. And hopefully maybe a vinyl release down the line, but when the doche comes in, you know, those big synth wave dollars, yeah. <laughs> those bada booms and cha-chings from Bandcamp. I don't know if anyone knows that, but yeah. Who's doing the designs uh, for the shirts? Is it designs or is it just like the Droid Bishop logo or? Um, Nikki Nine. Do you know Nikki Nine? Mm -hmm. He does logos. He's also a, a sick artist as well. He mocked up that interstellar love affair thing for me. I don't know if you saw that back in the day. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm a fan and I made this and it looked sick. I almost wanted to use that for my album cover, but 
was kind of already out there and whatever. So he did my whole artwork and logo for the Beyond the Blue, and I loved it. So I think we're going to do the logo maybe by itself. And there's maybe some other people designing something. I won't mention names because I'm not sure what's happening. But uh, Nikki's great and always kind of gets what I'm looking for without me explaining too much. And we really don't have to do too many back and forths because he understands kind of what I'm looking for. So I, I, I love his work and I appreciate that. So. Yeah, you'll see you'll see some stuff from him. I'm always a little nervous about putting the shirts in the wash, you know, for fear that uh, that the artwork might uh, vanish. Well, I mean, that was a huge point for me talking to John about things. It's, I just told him, as long as you understand, I never want to intentionally put out something that's shit or not up to par, mm-hmm. whether that's music or shirts. You know, I don't need like a Oid Ishup shirt. You know, coming out of the the, the washer. So uh, yeah, yeah. I used to buy those press-on shirts, with, like Bart Simpson skateboarding, and you have like one <laughs> one time wearing it, like yeah, and then you look like Lisa the next time. Tell me about the track of Vanisher. Um, well, did you listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> it's right. You added that out. You listen to it later and you'll just like chuck in like, yeah, I loved that song. Yeah, I loved that song. Thanks, man. You know, I'm going to say this right now. Just, I mean, I trust the droid bishop. You're a talented guy. You're one of my favorites. So if it seems slightly unprofessional that I, I haven't had time to listen to the things you sent, I know they're going to be good. So I trust in the fact that I'm just going to slot them in because I, I like it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll all right. So are, are you keeping that part? <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep that. Okay, okay. That's me being honest. You know, it's kind of got a little, a little bit of that color and data vibe mixed with some other things. It's a little more fresh sounding to me. It's kind of part of my new style where things are not so fluid all the way through. It's not just like a pulsing bass line that never breaks up. There's lots of like cuts and breaks in the pads and the synths and the bass, and you know, it's got that busyness to it, which I like for some tracks. And uh, you know, it's short, it's sweet, gets to the point. I like that one.
I don't know why I called it Vanisher. That was like the working title. And it just kind of stuck with me because uh, A, I was imagining like a night crawler kind of guy, you know, just like vanishing all the time. And then I, you know, I kind of turned it around where, you know, I'm, a, I'm the Vanisher. Now you see me, now you don't kind of kind of that's that was really lame but that's what i thought of <laughs> and fuck you for being lame exactly hey man we've had some good times we have i enjoy chatting with you uh it's always nice to have you on as i say i'm a big fan of droid bishop which is kind of why we're doing this because i like to support the droid bishop man and it's exciting that you're uh putting out an album i'm excited yeah i appreciate you having me on man i always get a kick out of coming on your show and it was lovely uh, chatting with you. And it was lovely chatting with you, Andrew. I hope you have a lovely L.A. afternoon. Yeah, it's uh, 1.39. That's kind of uh, breakfast time for me, but yeah, we'll see. You can go outside. Is there any like ladies in bikinis on rollerblades you can go look at? There are. I'd have to drive about 20 minutes, 30 minutes down to uh, the Venice boardwalk. You know what? I was talking to you yesterday, and I, um, I didn't get to go to Nakatomi because I was swamped, but I think... I'm up early enough where I think I might go down now because it beat the traffic. It's only about a 15-minute drive for me to go over there. So, yeah, I'll send you some photos. Just me selfie with uh, just the Nakatomi Plaza, hanging with Argyle in the in the limo. Well, you got to go hold up a Twinkie or something. I love that guy. Like in, uh, <laughs> Carl Winslow. Yeah, Carl Winslow. Yeah, I'm just thinking about pizza and Die Hard. I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to jack off and go to bed. Yeah, exactly. None of what we talked about is going to happen. Then tomorrow I might watch Die Hard. But I am going to go to Nakatomi Plaza. I'll send you a photo for proof. That's exciting. I wish you could join me. You'd get a kick out of it. Have you ever been to California? Well, when I was very young. So, no. I think I have like a great cousin or something that lives in Laguna Beach. How great is he? Well, I don't mean it that way. Is he Uh, a magician? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're done. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to me and Andy chat. Keep it real. Goodbye. (laughs) And that was Droid Bishop. We had a lot of fun. Uh, You can pick up his album. It's called Beyond the Blue. Uh, It's cool. You can check out the links on the Beyond Synth SoundCloud page to uh, find where you can pick up his music. It's a good album. There's a lot of cool songs. You're going to love it. Um... There's only a few episodes left this season of Beyond Synth, so they're going to be spaced out a little bit um, as we lead up towards the Christmas special. So there might not be an episode for a few weeks, but it'll all be good. That's the Andy Last guarantee. All right, everybody. Have a lovely day. Having a cold makes you sound cool. The Transformers. (laughs) 